The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 54 and 57. Save me, O God, for thy name's sake, and avenge me in thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God, and hearken unto the words of my mouth. For strangers are risen up against me, and tyrants which have not God before their eyes seek after my soul. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Destroy thou them in thy truth. An offering of a free heart will I give thee, and praise thy name, O Lord, because it is so comfortable. For he that hath delivered me out of all my trouble, and mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. Psalm 57 be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, and under the shadow of thy wings shall be my refuge until this tyranny be overpassed. I will call unto the Most High God, even unto the God that shall perform the cause which I have in mind. He shall send from heaven, and save me from the reproof of him that would eat me up. God shall send forth his mercy and truth. My soul is among lions. And I lie even among the children of men that are set on fire. His teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Set up thyself, O God, above the heavens, and thy glory above all the earth. They have laid a net for my feet, and pressed down my soul. They have digged a pit before me, and are fallen into the midst of it themselves. 
My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed, and I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory, awake, lute and harp. I myself will awake right early. I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the peoples, and I will sing unto thee among the nations. For the greatness of thy mercy reacheth unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Set up thyself, O God, above the heavens, and thy glory above all the earth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 34th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may no longer be food for them. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts, he hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifteenth verse of the sixth chapter of the Gospel of St. John. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose, because a great wind was blowing. 
So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may make that we may work the works of God. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. With thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, Mercifully look upon our infirmities, and in all our dangers and necessities, stretch forth thy right hand to help and defend us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, 
Give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. A couple of thoughts about tonight's uh, readings. Um, we start with Psalm, the Psalms, Psalms 54 and 57 are both um, Psalms attributed to David, um, particularly when he was on the run from King Saul. And that's where these kind of fit into the biography of King David. And as we recall from the middle chapters of First Samuel 20, uh, you know, from 15 to 25 there, um, we have this um, kind of prolonged um, exile narrative where David is has been anointed king by Samuel the prophet, um, but that this is standing in direct contrast to the kingship of Saul, who, upon realizing that his dynasty has indeed been judged by God and that it is ending, um, is going to, you know, kill off the anointed king in order to, you know, in order to preserve his dynastic line um, and to keep the kingship long after God has has told him it was being stripped from him. So the Psalms of uh, Psalms of David in this period have to do with the complexities of being the king and yet being in a place, being on sort of on the run or in the wilderness um, and not in the seat um, and not in the throne uh, in Jerusalem where uh, the king is supposed to sit in Jerusalem by, you know, in David's time hadn't yet been established as uh, the throne of David. But um, but it's it's significant that, where, you know, where uh, the seat of power is, is not where the actual king is. Um, and there's a there's a com kind of a complex, um, uh, you know, sort of dynamic at play there. The uh, in particular, this this has to do with David's interior dynamics of, of maintaining his innocence um, and um, and upholding the, the character, his sort of kingly character. Um, even while um, his the sort of exterior circumstances don't reflect that he is actually the king, um, he is by you know in fact the king. But you know the world around him doesn't acknowledge him to be the king, except for a few who are gathered to him that he is he is caring for, um, but that are also um, in varying stages of their own sort of conflict of heart about his kingship, and so uh, when David in fifty four uh, reflects the you know when the psalmist reflects. Uh, they, you know, their, you know, friends and strangers are almost interchangeable in the poetry of the psalm. The perspective is notoriously difficult to nail down in 54 because it's, you know, the psalmist refers to as friend and stranger, almost the same group of people at different points in the psalm. And this very much reflects the, the, the character of that time period where you had this, you know, uh, particularly this group, the, the Zithites who, um, David was hiding among who all of a sudden just like went to Saul and said, hey, David's here, come and kill him. And this was happening with some regularity. And then you had in 50, uh, 57, you know, the, the, it's, it's, a, it's a moment that is connected to the point where David's men have King Saul kind of cornered in a cave and, and Saul doesn't know that they're hiding in the cave that he's taking rest in. And David is in the darkness of this cave looking at this person that is, you know, trying to prevent him from, you know, becoming king as the Lord has commanded him and is holding his men back from, you know, executing Saul and saying, don't touch the Lord's anointed and upholding his innocence. And I think this is significant because it, it, and it reminds us that in the epiphany season, we're reflecting on the fact 
that Jesus has been coronated um, in, a, in, a, in a way at his baptism in the Jordan River, when we see the manifestation of God, the Trinity and the spirit descend upon Jesus as he comes from the wa- up from the water, we, I mean, this is the imagery that is reflected in the anointing of the king when the prophet would come and pour oil over the head of the anointed king it was this outward sign of God's um, mercy coming upon him and sort of readying him for the office of kingship. What we see in the baptism of Jesus is the Lord pouring his spirit out upon his son and saying, you are my beloved son. Right. And the authority that means that the authority of the father is being bestowed upon the son. And so this is we look at this as a kind of kingly coronation witnessed by the great the, the last great prophet of Israel, John the Baptist here. And then Jesus goes out upon out into his ministry, which is um, then conceived of if we're reading it in, in line with the kind of Davidic narrative, the narrative of King David is to be seen as a kind of king in the wilderness who is not in Jerusalem, where Herod and all of his uh, all of his you know notorious offspring are kind of ruling and and and, and you know peddling in power. Um, you have Jesus out in the wilderness here, who's gathering a huge following to himself, but is also contending with their conflict of heart, much in the same way that David did, in the, as we see reflected in the Psalms. So what you see out there is you have you have Jesus who is dealing with multitudes that he is feeding in the wilderness and after the same manner and, you know, which is anticipated by David sort of feeding his people in the wilderness um, while they're, you know, accompanying and assisting him in his exile. But then you also have Jesus who knows, as John says earlier in his gospel, knows what is in the heart of man and no, and doesn't entrust himself into their hands because he knows that they have a divided heart concerning him and that for as much as they enjoy him providing for them, they would also betray him if he suddenly didn't give them what they wanted. And what is about to unfold in John 6 here is exactly a kind of winnowing of the of the faithful that have gathered themselves to him, the so-called faithful, where he will give this incredibly hard teaching and it will thin the, the multitude drastically. Thousands will walk away from him um, and abandon him in the wilderness. And again, this is reflecting that the kind of the passion of King David, um, but is being fulfilled here in the ministry of Christ and will culminate in his rejection by all of his own, who once were his friends, then become his enemies and strangers to him when he is, you know, nailed to the cross. And so this is all kind of bringing into fulfillment this this revelation of Jesus as the, the you know, the, the root and the branch of David, right? The root of Jesse that we sing in Advent, but then also the branch of David's house, the great last Davidic king uh, who will reign forever. So when we see this happening, we also see, you know, the Davidic kingship also cast in the in the mode of shepherding, which, you know, uh, as, as as the the passage from Ezekiel draws out David coming from Bethlehem, the shepherd boy who is anointed king. You know, we see that reflected in Jesus, who is of the house of David, who comes from comes out of Bethlehem and is, you know, is is, again, the fruition of this shepherd image as well that Ezekiel is receiving God's, you know, sort of oracle against all of the so-called shepherds of Israel for their failure to take care of the people and to tend them well in the wilderness. And so for as much as we see Jesus fulfilling this kingly, uh, you know, fulfilling this kingly type, we're also seeing him fulfill the shepherding type, that he is leading multitudes through the hills of Galilee here and feeding them in the wilderness and taking care of them, but is also like the good shepherd 
correcting and and disciplining them into and bringing them together as they are from, from the places where they had been scattered. And so this is the kind of integrity of our lessons today. And what we take from this, I think, you know, as we go into the last week of Epiphany here before we start pre-Lent, sorry to shock anybody if you didn't realize how close that was, um, is that we have to see um, that, you know, it, it would be great if the Epiphany of Jesus as King and Shepherd and Lord um, could be an uneventful, uh, you know, and an unambiguous joy to us. But the fact that we will have a Lenten season and the fact that Lent is necessary reflects the hard truth that the Epiphany of Christ is one that we don't receive with an unambiguous heart. Um, and that for as much as the light of Christ shines on all things in the Epiphany season, it reveals that which is not well and has not yet been made well. And so as we enter pre-Lent, we are contending with the things that the light of Christ has shown upon that are not yet as they ought to be. And so when we go into Lent now, as we, you know, Epiphany leads into Lent in the way of saying, where the light of Christ has shown in my heart that I have a divided heart, that is the fruit that I need to, a, a fruitful revelation that needs to enter, become the basis of my Lent coming up. That where I am infirm and divided in my loyalty to King Jesus, that's precisely the thing that Lent must now be about and will be done, will be perfected in Jesus's, you know, in Jesus, the grace of Jesus's sacrifice for us as we go into Holy Week. And then we can finally enter into the joy that he always wanted to give us in coming among us, which is the joy of Easter. And that's kind of the logic ahead. So a couple thoughts for tonight. Concluding with our intercession tonight, let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down my blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight. And thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader. Hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Father Thank you. Hayden. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great night, night everybody. Yeah, you too.